Hey everybody, welcome to Enter the Nerd Zone. This is Jay. And it's Pete. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Hey, I'm doing all right. So <laughs> We do today, another another morbid show, huh? This is great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure by now everybody's heard the news that uh, earlier this week on Monday uh, at the age of 95, Stan Lee, you know, head of Marvel for so many years, legendary comic book uh, creator, uh, just just really uh, a geek icon, uh, passed away at the age of 95, and uh, we're going to be talking about him today. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, this, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal, but, you know, it's not. I mean, the guy was 95 years old, and, yeah. you know, he just seemed like he lived forever, right? Yeah, I mean, he kind of seemed like he was one of his creations, you know, he... Yeah, it was. I think you know. I understand what you're saying. I think it was one of those things we, we kind of knew. You know, this this was something that was going to happen eventually. I mean, 95 years old. Uh, earlier this year, I think maybe it was like January or February. His wife of 69 years passed away. Um, you know, he did have some health issues, uh, but I think I think the reason it was a big surprise, not not really a big or probably so shocking was. It just kind of happened suddenly and quietly. It wasn't he was rushed to the hospital, he's fallen ill, this and that. It's just he he went quietly and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just really sent shockwaves through the the comic book world, the the nerd world, the geek world, what have you. I have to tell you, I've never seen on like the um, interweb as much as I've seen of like you know the rest in peace and you know everybody coming out with a story about Stan Lee. It's, it's, it's like he was a president, you know? And, um, so that's mm -hmm. my, that's my first question to you. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Is he, is he the godfather of, of nerds? Does that make sense? I mean, I think he, he definitely would be one of them. Like, you know, I think we did this back when we talked wrestling, we kind of made like a Mount Rushmore of, of wrestling. That's where I was um, going with this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, he, he is definitely up there on the Mount Rushmore of the geek world. Um, because, you know, when you really think about it, <clears throat> you know, the geek world, the nerd world, I mean, it's so vast, um, you know, comic books, uh, you know, role-playing games, video games. Uh, I mean, there's there's just so many facets to it. But I think, I think he was just such a big presence. I mean, my wife, like when you know, my wife knew about it. She heard about it. You know, all she really knows him from is is the Marvel movies. She never picked up a comic book, you know. But she, she knew about him, and uh, you know, she was like, "Wow, you know, it's kind of it's kind of shocking that he he passed away." Yeah, I mean, so let me go with that with the Mount Rushmore thing real fast go for here, it. okay? <clears throat> so obviously, you know, we have the Mount Rushmore for everything. We talk about wrestling, we talk about comedians, we talk about everything. So mm -hmm. I was thinking about this before we, you know, before we obviously we were doing the show, yeah. and I was looking at the Mount Rushmore of geekdom, okay? Mm -hmm. So, and I only started thinking about this obviously because of uh, Stanley's death, but sure, would you? I would. I'm, I'm having trouble with the fourth one, so I found three. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Stan Lee's obviously on there. Obviously, yes. Uh, Gene Rottenberg, uh, Rottenberg from Star Trek. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean the Star Wars fan community. I know you're you're a, you're a, a, a big uh, Star. I said Star Wars. I'm so sorry. Star Trek. I mean the Star Trek. Uh, you know 
fan community is huge, and I know you're a big part of that. So, you know, Gene Roddenberry is definitely on there, yeah. Uh, and going with the Star Wars theme, I was thinking George Lucas, um, just because of what he did with the movies, Star Wars movies. Oh, I mean, again, I mean, he, he created, you know, just like Gene Roddenberry, you know, if you look at it, you know, Gene Roddenberry made a show back in the 60s, and the fans took it and ran with it to create such a, a vast world. You know, what he started with, with a couple of people, I mean, really, when you look at it, a, a couple of people on a starship, you know, developed into this really rich universe. And the same thing with Star Wars. You know, the movie came out in 77. Back then, for all we knew, that was it. It was going to be that one movie, and this expansive universe was created from it. So, yeah, definitely. They, you know, uh, Stan Lee, Gene Roddenberry, George Lucas, they're up there. Uh, who's... So who else? One, one of the ones I was thinking about was uh, Jerry mm-hmm. Siegel, but I mean, he because he helped create Superman, right? Right. He he helped create Superman, and I mean, he's he's definitely very very important. I I would think for a fourth one, I would think Bill Gates because because of Bill Gates, Bill Gates made the computer so accessible to everyone. Because really, before that. You know, computers were, they were in businesses and, you know, they were used by NASA. They, they weren't in the homes, really. And, you know, they were starting to come into the homes a bit. But, I mean, you played games on them. Maybe you typed your research paper on it. When he developed, you know, helped to develop Windows and, you know, just just Microsoft and going from there. I mean, really, if you think about it, because of him... People had so much easier because one of the things about the internet, people think, oh, that's a really recent thing, the internet. The internet was around in the 50s. Scientists used it to communicate with one another through computers over vast distances. That's it was there. He actually helped create the World Wide Web, you know, what we pretty much call the internet now. And he, he made all that accessible. Uh, really, if you think about it, because of him. You and I are talking on these devices, making a podcast through an app and throwing it out there over multiple platforms. So I think he he would probably be up there, Bill Gates. Yeah, you know, I never even thought about that, to be honest with you. I was thinking more like, you know, which is, this is actually very good, uh, you know, I through this past year. But uh, yeah, I never even mm-hmm. thought about that. Like, I never thought about him and being and how he affected the geekdom world, so to speak. So yeah, um, yeah, that's a pretty good top four right there of, Round, uh, round, round Rushmore. Rushmore. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get it. It's too early in the morning. Uh, so, I hear you. so back to Stanley. Um, you know, I was doing some uh, again, some research and looking at things. And I was sure, and I know that normally we end our show with our top tens and things, okay. but I thought this was a little bit more important because he's because because he is the godfather of what we do and what we talk about um i thought yeah, it'd be interesting, it, yeah. uh, a couple interesting ones that we can kind of like uh talk about so i found stanley's best cameos oh yeah i mean i think especially nowadays that's really what a vast majority you know even non-comic book fans you know people that go to the movies i mean this is what he's known for is for the cameos absolutely yeah. so what who, who, which which what are your top three uh, best cameos of of Stanley? Oh sure. Uh, so I I would say that in the Ant Man movie, uh, his cameo there, where I, I love it because you know 
when you when you when you watch a Marvel movie, you know, a, a part of you is kind of like, okay, where's the Stanley cameo? You know, you're you're you're, you're waiting yeah, for it. There's you know? there's certain things that when you're watching a Marvel movie, you're waiting for Stanley to show up. And what's the end? What's the end credits? Right? That's absolutely yeah. yeah. What you know? What's that after credits scene? You know, how many are there? You know, what are they gonna? What are they gonna be? So it's getting towards the end of the movie. So you know, okay, that that cameo is coming. And Luis is launching into one of his rapid fire stories, and uh, I love it because whenever in Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp, whenever Luis tells a story, the actors you know are are acting it out, but they're it's his it's his voice it's it's um you know the actor's voice michael coming pena. through michael, michael pena. pena thank yeah. you it's his voice coming through but but the actors kind of take on his persona like with the head bob and everything and i loved it because stanley was the bartender who you know uh uh michael pena's or Luis's cousin went up to him and said see that girl i'm with she's super fine and stan lee is there bobbing the head going yeah she's super fine <laughs> that's one of my favorites uh my second favorite <laughs> would have to be in um, where he was the FedEx delivery man. Uh, it, was, it was the end of Civil War, and Tony Stark is there with, with Rhodey. Uh, he had just equipped him with a device to help him walk, and they're having a nice moment. Oh, yes. And there's, there's the knock on the door, and he goes, Excuse me, I'm looking for Tony Stank? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. My, my third favorite Stanley cameo is not a Marvel movie. Uh-oh. Okay, so over the summer, Diana wanted to see Teen Titans go to the movies. I said, sure, let's go see it. Great movie. Very funny. It, it pokes a lot of fun, really just at comic books and the comic book movies and, and, and everything. And there's a Stanley cameo. Oh, that's too funny. I didn't, I didn't see it. Not just, not just one, but two. Because it's, it's a scene where they're walking through a, uh, a movie lot because <laughs> Teen the Teen Titans want they, every superhero has a movie. We want our own movie, and you see him in the back with a mop, and he's really he's like edging. It's not even subtle. He's edging his way onto the screen, and again, it's animated, and he's edging his way on the screen, and then he's waving, and then he comes up when they kind of depart. He comes up. He's like, he's like, hey there, kids, it's your pal Stan Lee, and I'm here. Wait, what? It's not Marvel. I'm out of here, and he runs off. Towards the end of the movie, there's a big chase scene. He jumps onto, like, uh, the Teen Titans are on a golf cart chasing somebody. He jumps on, and he goes, oh, I don't care if this is DC. I just love being in comic book movies. We went home, and we were like, okay, that had to be a voice actor. It was Stan Lee himself. Oh, like, he voiced funny. it. And I just thought that that was great that, you know, he, he said, hey, I will do, you know, this is what I'm known for. I'm known for the cameos. I will do it in a DC movie, in a comic book movie. And I mean, it was just great to see, you know, because it, it kind of shows that, you know, th that's why he belongs up there on, on our Mount Rushmore. I mean, he, he is just a comic book icon uh, and, and, a, and a geek legend. I can see that. That makes <laughs> it's, it's It's a good one. You definitely, you know, I would say it's, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. You know, Teen Titans go to the movies. Stanley cameos. <laughs> yeah. Was, so how, about, how about you? What, I, what is your uh, top three? I was never thought I got. Oh, I didn't even want to see the Teen Titan movie. But uh, wow, that's interesting. All right, so you you gave gave one of mine, but I'll, so I'll pick something else. But I do love I love the Tony Stank one. That's like that's, that's like one of my favorites. Um, so I do like, and um, the first one that I really love is when he's Hugh Hefner in Iron Man. 
Mm, oh yeah. When he by <laughs> says, "When uh, Tony sucks, what's up, Hugh? Uh, uh, what's up, Hef? Or whatever he says to him." But that's he's yeah, just he what's up, Hef. Yeah, yeah he's he's as you have no. That's that's, that's funny. Uh, that's my second one, I love him in uh, the the Avengers movie where he's the school bus driver. And he's oh like, yeah. What do you guys never seen an alien before? So I thought that was awesome. And then my third one was uh, was the uh, was the one that you talked about. But I also mm-hmm. I also like the one where he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like the ladies man. Oh right, 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 right. <laughs> in the first Guardians movie, I think Rocket is scanning the area and. and and it's Stan Lee, like, hitting on a lady. And he's and I think even Rocket says, like, check out this old geezer. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those are probably uh, some of my favorites. I'm going to give you Ranker's top ten. Ooh, I'm going to hold my breath because I never know with Ranker. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so number ten is Helpful Lunch lunch Guest in Avengers. Now, this one, it was the longer deleted one, uh, which there's a link to it. So, I mean, I don't know how many people saw it. <laughs> Saw that. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of towards the end of the film when the the the, the battle that the Avengers had is over, and they're getting people's reactions. And he's like, uh, he's sitting there at a cafe, and he kind of talks about, you know, um, being hopeful like, that there are heroes out there or something, something along those lines. Yeah, I know that that's a good one. That's a really good one. So in Avengers, he actually had two cameos, but they deleted one. Which I guess that's the one they're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Number nine is Fred's father in Big Hero Six. Now I've never seen that one, so I can't speak to it. Uh, Big Hero, yes, that's right. He did have the cameo in Big Hero Six. Um, great movie. Uh, it is based on you know it's based on a comic. It's based. I actually believe it's yeah. It's based on a Marvel comic, and um, yeah, the. Uh, the, the guy in question, Fred, is um, he is a big comic book fan. And uh, is, that yeah, the, is, that, is that the little kid? No, the little kid is the one that invents the, the robot. Um, and the thing is, is he has a group of friends and they basically form a super team. Big, big hero six. And Fred is one of them. He is a like I said, he is a huge comic book fan. He knows all about comic book lore. And when they're in the house. And they, <laughs> that's his dad. His dad is Stanley. So I mean, or played by played by Stanley, I should say. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Stanley is his dad. Uh, that's a yeah, great, that's a great. Much. That's a great dad. Uh, okay. Yeah. So number wherever I'm at, number number eight is William. Mm-hmm. Lump, he's William Willie Lumpkin in the Fantastic Four movie. He's like the I guess he's like the delivery man. Yeah, the mailman there. Yeah, yeah, because from what I understand, early on, uh, you know, that character, Willie Lumpkin, you know, would, would make appearances in the comic books. He was sort of the mailman for the Baxter building. So I thought that was really cool to see because he's he and Jack Kirby helped create the Fantastic Four. And that was a cool one to see. All right. Number seven is the as the general in First Avenger. I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> That's right, exactly. That, that is funny. He's always got those lines. Uh, oh, yeah. Number six, the uh, the Vietnam vet. I mean, the world's the World War Two vet in um, Avengers. Uh, oh, that's Age of yeah. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. big party at the uh, at the Stark Tower, the Avengers Tower, and uh, I guess I guess he's playing one of Captain America's World War Two buddies. 
Yeah. And Thor has the, you know, he's like, oh, this this was brewed in the whatever, whatever. He's like, it's it's not for mere mortals. And he's like, come on, pal, we handle D-Day. Give it to me. <laughs> and then they cut to a scene of them, like, all drunk. And he's like, Excelsior. <laughs> like, his, his classic line. That's, that's a good one. I yeah. like that one. Um, number five is the ladies' man in ga- Gardens. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, ladies' man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number four, he is Stan the man. He That's Thor. He was in Thor. He was pulling um, the guy. Trying to pull Thor's hammer. Yeah. Uh, Number three is in The Amazing Spider-Man as the school librarian. Yes. He's he's cleaning the library with headphones on as all hell is breaking loose behind him and he's none the wiser. That's right. That's a good one. Number two is Hugh Hefner. Oh, yep. Your Hugh Hefner one. That is a good one. And that was really... I mean, I know he did cameos in some, like, Marvel TV movies. Uh, I think some of the Hulk movies in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, he was credited with that. But that's really, for what most people know, that was really sort of his first cameo. Right. Where it was like, wait a minute, that's Stan Lee. What's he doing there? <laughs> yep. Okay. And number one is the Smithsonian Guard. Um, I guess that was the first Captain America. Oh, that no, was Winter Soldier. Well, that was Winter Soldier, yep, where Cap steals the suit and he's the security guard and he's like, oh boy, I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right, so before I move on to another uh, a, a top 10, because there's another sure. Stan Lee top 10, what is Stan, okay. what, what, this is the time for you, Jay. What Go does ahead. Stan Lee mean to you? I mean, what Stan Lee meant to me, um, you know, when I first started reading comics and and looking at superheroes and things like that you know if if you kind of look at it my first exposure was watching reruns of batman 66 which we talk about extensively here on the show uh no we don't what (laughs) (laughs) sorry citizen lying is not a good thing citizen um uh, then watching the Super Friends, the Super Friends show, uh, you know, that was that was a great, you, know, you look back on it now, I have DC Universe, so I watched like some of the old Super Friends, and I'm like, oh, they're so bad, they're good. Um, then in the early 80s, I watched Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends Saturday morning cartoon. I was a fan of Spider-Man. I was like, this looks like a cool show. He was the narrator for that. And I kind of had an inkling of like who this Stanley person was. But he would narrate the show, and he'd always start it off, like each episode, he'd always say, you know, in his really distinct voice, you know, he'd say, like, hey there, true believer, you won't, today's episode is, you know, Spider-Man and his buddies get into some trouble, and, excuse me, he would narrate it like that. I started reading more and more comic books, Um, he, he, like in the letters to the editor section, you know, he would he would answer some of the letters. Um, he had Stan Soapbox, which is sort of like his editorial, which was really great because somebody, uh, a friend of mine on Instagram, uh, you know, again, talking about how he touched so many people and all the tributes. Uh, somebody, a friend of mine posted on Instagram, uh, they took a picture of, or maybe they found it online, of one of his Stan Soapbox things about racism and bigotry and you know how basically what he said is like look it's one thing he's like look people are going to disagree and you might not like a person but because you don't like that person doesn't mean you have to turn it into hating 
their race or, or, or their, you know, their, their creed, their color, their gender, you know, it's basically saying all that stuff is absolutely ridiculous. And it was in a comic, I think from the early to mid eighties. And, you know, to me, that's, that's, that's what it meant is he was really important in the comic book world. I mean, he created a lot of characters, a lot of villains. Um, he helped write a lot of comic books. He really kind of helped, you know, shape it and drive it. You know, he headed Marvel for so many years and he really guided that ship very well, but he used that platform and, and, and his, his fame to really kind of reach out to his fans and, you know, talk about issues like that. Um, he was big on YouTube. Diana would watch him on YouTube. He would have his channel was called Stan's Rants. And he would rant about things. You know, some of them were, were kind of silly. Like, I, I watched one where he was like, what's with these kids wearing their ball caps backwards? You got to wear it forwards. You know, he would do silly stuff like that. But then he would talk about issues about, like, like racism and things like that and how utterly ridiculous it was and we all need to get along. And, you know, it was great to see that, you know, using his fame to really kind of push these agendas in a really... You know, I don't want to say in a fun way, but really not like in a preachy way or not in like a threatening kind of a way. Just 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 having a good normal discussion about it. And to me, that's you know, he just he he touched so many people on so many levels, not not just comic book fans. And I really think that's what he meant to me. Oh, all right. Well, that's good. Like that's that is really good. I mean, he does him and, uh, you know, like Gene Roddenberry's, too. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about racism, and you you look at what Roddenberry did with like the, um, you know, having the African American on the on the the bridge and stuff like that. It was, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of uh, you know trend setting. And yeah, again, for me, I didn't read a lot of comic books as a kid. We've talked about this before too, and mm-hmm. yeah, but I've always known who Stanley was. So yeah, um, he may not have the same effect on me, but I think. Um, Again, my kids never read comic books either. So, but it, I'm more in awe of how he's affected other people. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. You know, him, him, how he affected, especially like uh, the guys on our broadcast. You know, that we do. You know, the, the the brothers in armchairs. How he's affected you guys, and I see how you. Like, you know, you're in awe of this man, and it's amazing how what what this guy could do with a comic, right? But it's also his words. So I thought he, I yeah. think I think he's just an amazing guy, and it's a shame that we lost him at ninety five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, at ninety five, I mean, he he had a very long life. Uh, you know, married, like I said, I think it was like sixty nine, seventy years. <clears throat> um, helped create some memorable, you know, with the Fantastic Four, Spider Man. Well, don't get in that uh, yet. Don't get in that yet. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. There's a list coming up, but. <laughs> But again, you know, he wasn't just he wasn't just a comic book guy, you know. Yeah. He he really had such a big crossover appeal. Um and he was kind of like, you know, when you saw him, he was kind of like like that friendly grandfather, you know, that that you 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 know, maybe you know, some people are probably like, "Oh my god, I got to go to my grandparents' house." But he was the type that you were like, oh, I can't wait to go see Grandpa Stan, you know, because he'll have a great story. He'll probably give us some great wisdom. You know, he's going to have that that smile on his face, that twinkle in his eye. And I think, you know, that's why he, he could deliver those kind of messages. 
and people wouldn't be up in arms and, you know, what's this comic book guy talking about racism and, and this and that. Um, and he just seemed very, very approachable. I mean, one of the biggest regrets I, I have is not attending event where not attending an event where he was to get a chance to meet him just because it was so difficult. Uh, a friend of mine went uh, a few years back, went to uh, NYC Comic Con uh, and he got a special ticket to meet Stanley. And he said, you know, you had to show up at a certain time. You waited online for like two to three hours to get a chance to meet Stanley. And I was like, well, what was it like? And he said, it was absolutely amazing. He gave everybody he met at least 10 minutes or so, took pictures, signed things, and he talked to, you know, he talked to us. And, and, you know, my friend said, he, you know, he told him what a big influence he was. And he said, you could tell that he was genuinely, genuinely grateful to meet his fans because he said this, this was a huge line. And, you know, to wait two or even three hours to meet this guy and he would give people time to talk to and, and, have a kind word. I mean, how can you not love them? Well, that's funny. I have a completely different story with that. Oh, go for it. Um, well, and I, I, I'm pretty positive. Um, John was with me, but um, mm -hmm. it was Baltimore Comic Con and he was there, but he was behind the black curtain. You couldn't, okay. you couldn't see him from the crowd, right? Um, okay. You stood in line for, I, I didn't go in line and either the person that went with me go. But you stood in line for about an hour, two hours, and you went into the curtain, and you came out of the curtain within three or four minutes. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if it was just, you know, it was, he was, uh, you know, just in a bad mood that day or whatever it may be. But it just didn't seem like it was, you know, the way I wanted to meet Stanley. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's understandable. I get that. Um but you know, and again, he, he again, yeah. He, you know, he's. We don't know what the situation was. You know, I, sure. I I can't remember if this is like right after his wife passed away or not. So uh, it could have been many circumstances. But you know, for the most part, I know Stanley has been a obviously great to his fans. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, and I think that's the one thing when you see a lot of the tributes and and kind words is you know that's really kind of a common theme is that he was really very good to his fans he was very in touch with his fans you know like i said he had the youtube channel for a while you know diana would subscribe to it whenever he would update it and put a new video out there she would watch it um you know uh he he was and i mean that's the thing is he was active on twitter for a while it was somebody else then it was him but you know no matter what he just really seemed to really be in touch with his fans like he really loved his fans and um you know, again, you know, we said it a lot. I mean, he's, he's really going to be missed. Yeah. All right. So here you go. All righty. I have a list of his, the top 10, actually it's a top 50. I think it is or something here. Top, mm -hmm. yeah, it is a top 50. Um, greatest characters that Stan Lee created. Okay. So give me, uh, give me a few. I mean, I would think Spider-Man has to be on that list. What about you? What's your favorite that he's created? I would say Spider-Man. Um, <clears throat> you know, Spider-Man was, you know, when he when that character came out and, you know, even when I started reading comics, the thing about Spider-Man, you know, when you looked at heroes, 
for the most part, heroes were adults, and they they didn't really seem to have, you know, their their alter egos didn't really seem to have problems that I could relate to. Um, you know, Superman. If you really look at it, Superman is essentially like a god. I mean, he's got <laughs> all the powers in the world, and Clark Kent is such a swell guy. <laughs> when Spider Man comes along, he's a teenager. He's a nerd. He's a dork. Um, he's got girl problems. He's got money problems. I mean, he was such Spider Man was such a relatable, and still is to this day, is such a relatable character. You know, you look at Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, Tom Holland. You know, there. I mean, he's Spider Man. <coughs> Excuse me. And he still gets picked on in school, and you know, he has the hard time getting the girl, and you know, he lives with his aunt. He doesn't have a lot of money. And he has these incredible powers and he's out there helping people. And it's, you know, Spider-Man is such a relatable character to your average comic book reader who's usually about Peter Parker's age. And I, I think that's why he's one of my favorites. How about how about you? All right. So, um, well, I never knew this, but he never create he didn't create Captain America. Someone else did? Mm, yeah, because Captain America was back in the uh, – around World War II. It was like back in the 40s. Yeah. So Captain America is my favorite, but uh, obviously he didn't create that mm -hmm. one. Uh, but I do – I love um, – uh, one of my favorite characters is Professor X. I do oh, like, sure. You know, Professor X and the X-Men. Uh, you know, that's kind of like my first real entry into the – the Marvel world, um, you know, I read a little bit, you know, I knew, I knew who Spider-Man was, but, you know, the, the X-Men and Professor S especially were kind of like my, um, my, my gateway drug, as I said. <laughs> 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 so, obviously he's done a million, a million characters, but I'm going to give you the top 20 and you tell me what you think. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. Another one I do like, and this one, um, he is kind of like one of my... One of my other favorites, uh, he was on the cartoon version of Spider-Man, was Iceman. Mm, yeah, so, yeah. And, and Iceman is still, you know, a character that kind of resonates nowadays because, um, you know, I think now, because uh, Diana reads it, uh, I think the character either recently came out as either gay or bisexual. I forget which one. And, you know, it's like it's a character that still resonates with people today. But, yeah, let's let's go. What's the okay. top 20, 10? Yeah, we'll doing? do 20. I'll run through them real quick. Scarlet All Witch. Right. Okay, yeah, Sc from Sc the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, Sky, uh, uh, Sky Cyclops. Cyclops. What am I saying? Mm -hmm. Cyclops. Uh, <laughs> Jug Juggernaut. Mm -hmm. Beast. Yeah, okay, Jean, so yeah, a lot of X-Men. Yeah. Jean Grey. Mm -hmm, another X-Men. Yeah. Doctor Doom. Ah, oh, Fantastic Four. Great villain. Silver Surfer. <clears throat> yeah, started from the Fantastic Four, yeah. Black Widow, who I love. Uh, I just <laughs> like the, the uh, what's it called, version of it, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Scarlett <laughs> Okay, so here's 11, Daredevil. So now we're on the top 10. Number mm -hmm. 10, Loki. Oh, and I mean, especially, I think the movies really kind of brought that character out. Yeah. Okay. Number 9, Black Panther. Mm, again, same thing. Big, no. big, big now because of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Th wasn't he written? When was he first written in the sixties? Late sixties, early seventies, probably. Right. Probably like during the you know the yeah. change in civil rights and all that stuff, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Number eight. There's another example of him really stepping out. Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, and 
I used to love reading Doctor Strange as a kid. Uh, I kind of fell off of it after a while. And when the movie came out, again, I, I was really excited. Uh, great character. Not your typical, you know, Superman, Batman kind of a hero. You know, really, really different. It was, it was great character. Professor X. Your favorite. There yeah. you go. Magneto. Great villain. Probably one of the probably one of the best villains comic book history. I'll have to do that one day. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Hulk. Oh, I'm sorry, Thor. Then Hulk. Thor. Hulk, iconic characters. Yeah. Now these like I, the top three are pretty you know pretty uh, probably definite uh, here. So I'm going to say number three is the Avengers, but I want to talk about that. I want to come back to that. Sure. Yeah. Number two is Iron Man, and do you think Iron Man was because of the movies? It really like. Led the way. Now, how was that comic book versus like now versus then? Do you remember? I, I mean, it was a very good. It was a very good comic because, again, you know, it, it tackled issues. I mean, in the comics, you know, you, you look back at the earlier versions and things like that. You know, Tony Stark was a drunk. I mean, he was not the best person out there. Again. You know, you look at a Superman who's got incredible powers and then Clark Kent's just so great. You know, nothing goes wrong with Clark Kent. You know, Tony Stark was a very, very flawed guy. Um, it was I, I think what appealed about a lot of his creations when you look at it is a lot of these, you know, heroes and villains, you know, the heroes weren't so perfect. They weren't so great. They had flaws and they, you know, had they fell from grace. And sometimes some of the villains you look at a Magneto, you know, and you you, you kind of look at his motivation. You kind of understand it. You know, he's not just some, I'm going to take over the world. You know, I'm going to rob every bank. You know, he was like, look, I'm a mutant. We're being persecuted. We have to fight back. This is the way I choose to do it. You're <laughs> kind of like, is he really a villain? Is he, you know, yeah. it's, it's his characters were very, very complex. Uh, but I definitely think that, you know, the, the movies definitely help kind of push Iron Man to the forefront. But Iron Man was the first sort of Marvel movie that came out, you know, that started what we have, you know, Marvel Studios now, you know, 10 years later and waiting for Avengers 4. And I thought that was a great one to start with. And but it's definitely he was a great character in the comics, but the movies definitely kind of help make him more uh, popular. All right, and number one, my favorite, your favorite, the Blob. Really? No, it's Spider. It's Spider Man. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> What's the real number one? <laughs> and, yeah, know, obviously, Spider Man's synonymous with with Stanley. Yeah. So the yeah. Avengers. He puts the Avengers now. Is that kind of a cop out for number three to be the Avengers? Not really, because you know when you look at the Avengers, and again, I mean, I think that I think that comic came out in the '60s. They took sort of established heroes and kind of threw them together. Like when you watch that first Avengers movie, you kind of see how they're very different people, they're very different characters, and you know, there's a threat coming, and they're they're kind of made to work together as a team. I I don't think. At that time, something like that had really been tried. I mean, there had been sort of super teams before, but they were kind of like already established. Like, you know, when the title would start, you know, like Justice Society of America, they, they were kind of established already. It was just like, yeah, here's this great super team. The first Avengers comic is 
they were all individuals uh, kind of brought together by a common by a common threat. And, you know, really, at the end of that comic, they all kind of went their separate ways, but then started coming back together. And eventually we were like, OK, yeah, we're the Avengers. You know, we're this team. It was it was kind of groundbreaking, actually. Oh, OK, so I didn't realize that. I mean, I, you know, again, like I said, I wasn't a, a comic book kind of sore like you guys are. So, all right, so Stanley obviously has given us a lot. I mean, he's inspired many. Um, he's on the Mount Rushmore with our friend uh, Gene and and George and, of course, Bill, who we know mm-hmm. personally. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we know him all personally. <laughs> um, so with that said, I want to just kind of like touch something that we're going to probably talk about in another, in another, um, another world. So, you know, 40 years ago or 30 years ago, even 25 years ago, being a nerd was not cool, right? No, not at all. So now everybody's a nerd, right? Now not being a nerd <laughs> is not cool. So it made me think about what were the 10 best nerd movies ever? Oh, okay. And I Alrighty. think that these guys kind of, I think, in a way, inspired these movies. So I want you to tell me what you think, and then we're going to talk about this on another podcast. Sure. Okay. Sure. But let me give you the top ten <clears throat> nerdiest movies ever. All righty. Okay. So number ten, American Pie. Hmm. Uh. Okay. I mean, I don't know. That to me, that kind of seems like a like a teen comedy more than a nerd movie. But I mean, there there's some kind of nerdiness in it. But okay. Okay. <laughs> number nine, the forty mm-hmm. year old version. Oh yeah, yeah, huh? yeah that definitely. <laughs> Number eight, Breakfast Club. Uh, yeah, Anthony Michael Hall's character is in there. Um, yeah, okay. okay. All right. Number seven, Wayne's World. Hmm. Okay, that's kind of. I don't know if I would call that a nerd movie again, like a, a comedy, but I guess there's a nerd. Appeal in there, okay. Now number six, I'm surprised it's this low, but Revenge of the Nerds. I was gonna say that's probably gonna be the number one movie. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it's that low down there because that's it's in the title, people. That's right. <laughs> number five, Back to the Future. See again, I mean, I don't know. Is that? Oh, well, I guess you know that would be a nerd movie for the whole the, the time travel thing and. You know, when you really look at, like, the fan base that really, you know, get into it, yeah, okay, I can kind of see that being a nerdy movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Number four, Super Bad. Super Bad, yeah, that's a very fun. Again, like, I, I think raunchy teen comedy, but um, Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill were definitely, like, nerd outcasts. All right. As well as, as, well as McLovin. McLovin. Love McLovin. McLovin. <laughs> Number three, Weird Science. Oh, big time nerd movie! Absolutely, yeah. Michael Michael's uh, Michael Anthony Hall is in two of the best uh, comedy yeah. ever. Okay, nerd movies ever. Number two, yeah. Goonies. Goonies definitely a nerdy movie. Now, I would think number one should be Revenge of the Nerds. So, what is number one? All right, you tell me what you think Revenge uh, uh, number one is. I really I, take honestly, one I guess. I really. I, I would think Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, it's not going to be. It's obviously it's not going to be Revenge of the Nerds two or anything. No, like I hope that. not. I mean, though I no. like that one, but uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it could be. Number one is Office Space. <sighs> I mean, again, it's a funny movie, but 
I, I mean, I guess if you kind of look at it, I could see a nerdy angle on it, but I mean, it's a great movie, no doubt about it. <laughs> so the first superhero movie on this list is number 12. It's Spider-Man, the original one with Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, yeah. Which, I mean, no, I mean, I think Tom Holland does a great job as Peter Parker. Um, because that's the thing is, is when I saw the Tobey Maguire one, I said, you know, his Peter Parker, I was like, oh God, he's so, he's so nerdy. He's so dorky. He just doesn't look like a high school kid. You know, he looks like a grad student or something like he's, he's too old. And Tom Holland is great because he, he looks like a 16 year old. Yeah. He, he practically is a 16 year old. <laughs> I'll tell you a movie um, that's missing from that list. And it's number 15. Yeah. Top 10 war games. Oh, very dirty movie. I mean, you know, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. Um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I mean, he's like such a dork in that. Yeah, absolutely. And hacking, computer yeah. hacking. <laughs> so, I guess it, it, you know this list again is interesting. But I think we, we we can in the future, folks, we will be talking about what geek movies are out there. And then Harry Potter's first movie is number 16. It's uh, The Chamber of Secrets. So it's just funny, like, you know, like, so you think the geekiest movies would be these comic book movies and what people think, whatever else. Star mm -hmm. Trek, the, the original movie is number 18. So you don't see, that's where I think that my point is, mm -hmm. I think if we did this list 20 years ago, it'd be a lot different than it is now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I can remember as a kid going to see War Games, but it wasn't like the type of film that if I went back to school, I couldn't really just talk about it. You know, there were select people I could talk about that with. Because if you start talking about how cool it was with the computers and the hacking, <laughs> most people would be like, you know, nerd. But Office Space is a movie, you know, that appeals to a lot of people that if you talk about Office Space, you know, you, you wouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it at work or at a party or something. But, you know, some of the other ones, you know, like Revenge of the Nerds, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I mean, and I think that's what it was. Like you said, like when we were growing up, like being a nerd, like I, I couldn't I couldn't sit like in, in the lunchroom and just whoever is sitting at the lunch table, hey, let's, you know, did you read X-Men? Did you read this? Because most people didn't. And if you kind of admitted that you did those things, they, they looked at you funny. Yeah, like. You're getting your butt kicked. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I was looking at other stuff and, um, and there's things that I saw that were like things that aren't nerd any aren't considered nerd anymore. You mm -hmm. know, number four or five on this list is superhero movies and star Wars. That aren't considered nerdy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such, it's such a big appeal. Yeah. Now when I was younger, you know, I mean, kids loved Star Wars, but as you got older and you were still talking about Star Wars, you know, again, you would you would kind of get some looks from some people, you know, like, you know, it's a kid's film. It's a dorky film. It's a nerd. You know, it didn't have the big appeal now where, you know, everybody knows Star Wars. Everybody will go see it. Everybody goes to see Marvel movies and DC movies and superhero movies. You know, it's it's just accepted now yeah yeah i want to come back to this list because this list is actually very interesting uh with things that aren't nerdy anymore um and number 14 is comic books so i find it yeah. very interesting so we talked a lot about stan lee i mean maybe not as much as we could have i mean i'm sure you know there's probably a million podcasts out there talking about 
how people feel about the Stan, you know, their Stanley, um, what he means to them, and what does he mean to the world. Obviously, I think <coughs> the world lost a lot. Not just a guy who created these great characters, but someone that was a good human being. Absolutely cared about humans. Was mm-hmm. you know, you know, him and Roddenberry and all these other guys talk. You know, trying to blend the cultures. Does that make sense? Like you know. No, show, absolutely. Showing that, you know, black and white is actually just human and, you know, gay and whatever else is just human. So, you know, and I think we're going to miss that. And uh, it's it's sad and I feel bad for the the true, quote unquote, nerds out there that lost their godfather. And, uh, you know, may he, rest mm-hmm. in, may he rest in peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure he's up there right now creating new stuff and, and just you know, entertaining whoever's up there with him. And yeah, he, he will definitely be missed. Um, you know, Diana, uh, you know, obviously she knows who Stanley is. She's a huge <laughs> comic book fan. Um, you know, and she even said, you know, when he passed away, you know, she said like, she had some issues with Stanley because, you know, a lot of people would say that he, he definitely was a force in the comic book world. But, you know, some people would say that, you know, maybe he stole some ideas from Jack Kirby. He stole some ideas from Steve Ditko. He was kind of a shrewd businessman like that. You know, does he deserve credit? Yes, but does he deserve all the credit? That's, you know, to be questioned. But she even said, she's like, you know what, though? Despite all that, he he, he was he was an icon, and he will definitely be missed. And, I mean, I, I think that's that just kind of shows you you know, like you said, he, he was a great human being. I mean, he was very creative. Um, the characters that we, we mentioned, you know, he helped to create. Obviously, he was a very creative man, but he was also, I think at the heart of it, is he, he was a very good man. Um, he just, I mean, he'll, he'll really be missed. He'll you know, really going missed. back to that stealing ideas thing uh, that mm-hmm. Diane mentioned, it's got to yeah. be hard today to figure out or make up a character with a name, because every name is taken. You know, you can't be like Blank Man or you know, Blank Man's already done, you know. Blank Man's done, yeah. <laughs> right, or, you know, but I'm saying like, you know, you can't have X-Men in DC because it's already in Marvel. It, it must be impossible to come up with names for these guys. Well, I mean, not even so much names. I think even, or you ideas. know, when you, or ideas, yeah. But you know what, though? They, they are out there. Um, you know, y- you look at some of the, you know, I mean, DC... Marvel, those are the two really big ones. But you also have um, Black Mask, you have uh, Dark Horse. You know, you do have these other titles. Some of them are very indie to- are very indie companies. Some of them are kind of supported by DC or Marvel. Uh, and you know, you do see some creative things out there. And I think I, I think what's what's kind of good is, you know, that's one that's one of the things Diana wants to do. She would love to write for comics. And I think she kind of loves that challenge of, you know, there's there's so much out there in the comic book world. It's kind of easy to create a character that's similar to somebody that we know. It's very easy to create a Superman type of a character, a Batman type of a character, you know, an Iron Man type of character. The ch- I think she enjoys the challenge. And I think like this new wave of writers and creators really kind of take up that challenge of creating new and interesting characters and really looking outside of the box, you know, when it, when it comes to that. And I mean, I'm just glad to see it. I'm glad to see all that creativity. And 
I think he helped. I think he helped kind of kickstart that by looking at traditional superheroes, but then his superheroes, his villains were very layered and multidimensional. And I think that spurred like a new wave of creativity. And you know, let's see what the future holds. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. We did talk a lot today. Hey, we real, did. real quick, does Seth MacFarlane work for uh, work for Stanley? I don't know if. I mean, I know you know Todd McFarlane. Who, Todd McFarlane, who, Seth McFarlane. Oh my God, that's something. Yeah, Todd I was like Seth McFarlane. I was like Todd McFarlane, the artist, right? He's the artist. He's the artist, and yeah. that's what I should of, not and, be on this show. I shouldn't be on anything nerd because I have no. No, 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 on. no. It's it's fine, but that but that does remind me of, and and I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about this. Um, it was it was a video segment. He I don't know like I don't know where it originally appeared, but you can find it on YouTube. I think like it was a segment called How to Draw Comics or something like that. And it would be hosted by Stan Lee. And he was with Todd McFarland and Rob Leafield. Uh, and Rob Leafield is an artist that I totally despise. But that's a separate <laughs> podcast. That's Whatever. Podcast. He's, on the, he's on the Chevy Chase list. <laughs> he, is the, he is the Chevy Chase of comic book artists. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're, they're – uh, I think Rob – Rob uh, Leefield is drawing and Todd McFarlane is doing most of the talking. I think he's kind of like inking and shading things in, uh, you know, whatever it is. And it's, it's very famous because it's Stanley kind of watching them, asking them questions, but getting pot shots in um, both artists uh, and really more so Rob Leefield, but, but Todd McFarlane too, they were kind of known for having a hard time for drawing feet. So he makes a comment about that. Um, Rob Leefield could never draw anything in proportion. Like if you look at his characters, their shoulders, biceps, forearms, and fists were pretty much all the same size. There was like no scale to it. He kind of points that out. He points out the fact that the costume has a million pouches on it, which is Rob Leefield was famous for every character he drew had fanny packs and <laughs> bandolet, like millions of pouches. And it's just it's just a great thing to watch because he's just getting these pot shots in, and it's it's you, you got to look for it online. It's, it's uh, great. I will, I will definitely do. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's. Oh no, it's good. So that's we. So obviously, we talked a lot today, and uh, a yeah, lot again. We talk about Stanley and how wonderful he was. Um, wonderful so man. Where can they find us, Jay? I'm going to tell you something, Pete. They could find us in a whole new spot right now. Okay. Um, I was talking with uh, Alan and John over at Nerd and Me, and they got me turned on to this new app called Swap Spot, S-W-A-P-S-P-O-T, all one word. Uh, you know, wherever you download your apps, look for that. Swap Spot is basically Instagram for the geek and nerd community. When you, when you uh, start it up, the layout looks exactly like Instagram. I mean, it pretty much works like Instagram, but the nice thing about it is they have subcategories. So... You can find us, Enter the Nerd Zone. Just look for Enter the Nerd Zone on Swap Spot. You know, we're there. We have a page up. And whenever I make a post, and I'll make a post about today's, uh, you know, today's podcast, it'll say to me, well, where do you want to post this? DC movies, Marvel movies, comic books, pop culture. Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, which, which I can pick up to 10 subcategories. So when you join up, you can join as many subgroups as you want, and you'll get posts from them. Uh, and it's it's really really fun. It's it's kind of a nice alternative to Instagram. So we are on Swap Spot. Just awesome. look for Enter the Nerd Zone. 
You can also find us on Instagram, same name, Enter the Nerd Zone. We're right there. Uh, Anchor. Excuse me, the Anchor app. Uh, you know, we got the call-in feature. Please use it. Call on in. iTunes, rate and review us. We appreciate five-star reviews, so please keep giving us those. Uh, what else? What else can uh, we talk about? Well, we're, you know, we got brothersinarmchairs.com. Don't forget about that. Um, Absolutely. Some of the people we want to shout out to, uh, you know, of course, our two favorite people uh, at Main Street Comics on Instagram in Milltown. Uh, at the lag bar uh in anaheim california where you get all your gaming and uh alcoholic non-alcoholic uh drinks that you need um our friend at kirby uh kirby comic store uh uh, matt who's going to be joining us in in the next few shows to talk talk everything geek including wrestling which is going to be an awesome show because i think that will be he's going to give us some great insight so look forward to that uh look forward to hearing us on instagram and everything else you can find me also on instagram at sokeef37 where i i repost everything jay posts that we're hitting everybody Mm -hmm. and uh and then we're on facebook too don't forget about that so make sure you're checking us out uh brothersinarmchairs.com make sure you're checking out all of our all of our uh shows on that on that podcast now i know jay you just did a show with jason on sabrina yeah we did a show uh on the chilling adventures of sabrina uh the netflix show uh he was a great great guest uh you know i think he he wants to come on back and do some more (laughs) on uh stuff you don't need to know um yeah and i'm also excited too because coming up defender of the realm uh i'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine uh, he's a co-worker, friend of mine. I've known him for the last 10 years or so. He is heavily involved in tabletop gaming. Awesome. Uh, heavily involved in the miniatures, those little, like, Oh, yeah, pure, mm-hmm. He paints those. And, Pete, let me tell you, I mean, these <laughs> things are, like, five millimeters tall. He paints them with such detail. And, you know, some of these characters, like, maybe he'll have a knight that's carrying a banner. Uh, he'll draw a logo on this banner and... I mean, it's freeform. It's freehand right. that he draws that he's not painting over a logo that's there. He's creating his own, and it's such on such a tiny scale. Um, he goes to all these different conventions. He goes to Gen Con, which is a big tabletop gaming convention in Indianapolis. Um, he's entered competitions. He's won awards. He's taught classes. He's actually going to start his own line of miniatures really soon. Uh, and I'm kind of kicking myself. I mean, the guy works in my office, and it's like I've never interviewed him. So wow, I'm going to be interviewing great. him. Yeah, it's, I'm really excited because um, Defender of the Realm, we do a lot of role play gaming, and the, the people that listen to that show, I think they're really going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, that's good. that sounds really cool. Um, I, my brother in law, not the one that's at the lag bar, one of my others, um, he was in, heavily into that. I guess it was called War Games or something like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And the comic book store by my house, which we're not going to give any plugs to, um, <laughs> th- they actually have that as well. And I find it fascinating. So, yeah, that's going to be great. And I'll, I'll make sure to listen to that one. Um, yeah, it's, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Defender of the Realm, talking about gaming as as always. And Jay always has some of that, that great stuff. I know nothing about those gaming things. <laughs> other than, other than uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I don't know. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so, no all right, guys. So make sure you're checking us out in all those places. And uh, Jay, say bad time. 
same bat channel and Stan Lee, thank you for making me a true believer. Yes. Thank you for making him a true believer. <laughs>